I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Bat Books, which came out July 1996. Amazon affiliate links are below if you need to scoop up any of these Bat Books. But as always, visit your local comic shop. And this video is on youtube.com slash nickphil. A little bit of art sprinkled in so you can see what we're talking about. Because comics are a visual medium. Jason, this episode is cursed. Mmm. Mmm. Delicious, delicious curse. We have recorded this episode twice now. Attempted to record this episode twice now. Yeah. This is the third time. And if these books weren't in a sequential order, I would have abandoned this episode and, and just moved on. Well, but then then we would have had a terrible secret, though. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe we should have, man, maybe we should have a terrible secret. See, <laughs> this is probably what the curse was trying to drive us to do so we could have a terrible secret to make us more interesting. Do you think do you think more successful podcasts than us? Do you think 99% Invisible has a terrible secret? Is it in that 1%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That 1%, yeah. it'll shock you. Oh, yeah. And, and it's covered up by Roman Mars's dulcet tones, you know, that soothing <laughs> voice of his. You know, it just lulls you into a false sense of security. We are talking about the second half of Batman Legacy. And because of that, the order of the books is shuffled around a little bit. We're first talking about Shadow of the Bat 54. Jason, you've told me about Shadow of the Bat 54 once already. Can you please tell me again? Oh, yes, I can. Shadow of the Bat number 54, The Power of the Picks, Legacy, colon, part four. No, wait, excuse me. It was The Power of the Picks, colon, Legacy, colon, part four. Excellent. Alan Grant. Alan Grant is your writer. Dave Taylor is your penciler. Stan Woach is your inker. Pamela Rambo is your colors. Android Images holding down those color separations. Bill Oakley is your letterer. Carl Critchlow doing some awesome covering, cover painting. Jordan B. Gorfunkel, associate editor, and Dennis O'Neill is your big guy editor. On a rain-soaked bleak, is there any other kind, you know, so come visit Scotland. <laughs> On a rain-soaked <laughs> Scottish hillside, we are given a history lesson of the Scottish peoples. We get the skinny on why they're called picks. It's like a Roman name for the painted ones because, like, you know, they painted their faces and Something about unique symbol stones that are kind of like an acupuncture for earth, which I, I'm, I'm sorry, even if it's like a, a needle going into the earth, I'm not trusting a Scottish man or a Scottish person of any stripe to. You wouldn't you wouldn't trust a Scottish acupuncturist. No, if no. you Jason, you walk into an acupuncture place, right? They're playing some Chinese music. They got a whole vibe going and then. Angus McDuffel comes out. I don't know why he's named that. I, that, that was that was the Scottish name that my brain was like, hey, here you go. This will be fine. Yeah. Standard Scottish name. Angus McDuffel. Angus McDuffel comes back from from behind the room and he's like, all right, we're ready for you. Get yeah. on the table. I don't. Yeah. I, was that was I attempting a Scottish accent? I don't even I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. And and listen, to be clear, it's not like any particular reason. but. I, I just wouldn't trust a Scotsman with like that particular thing. I do love the Scottish people and their accents. They're great fashion sense. Awesome. But acupuncture, I don't know. But anyway, there's a, there's a whole lot of Scottish history being told to a group of tourists that are being led through a museum exhibit. And Bruce Wayne is slumming it with these regular folks, but he hangs back just some more after the tour is over to ask some more questions from the tour guide. And, you know, like, has there been any interest in these symbol stones? Like, you know, anyone like maybe looking to buy them? And she's like, well, of course, a brash American and a big Scotsman who said he'd be back. Well, speaking of big Scotsmen, there are some Braveheart looking motherfuckers marching through an alley past some confused old tourists. And they seem pretty, you know, OK with it. <laughs> they march up to the security guard knock him out while Batman does his Batman thing and surveils from the shadows. Shadow surveilling. <laughs> These Braveheart reenactors are rummaging through the crates inside the museum when holy hell, it's a boogeyman. Or so they think, but no, it's Batman. And he makes 
super short work out of all of them. Just one punch each. They're, you know, their stats are like way, way low. Like their AC class is just, you know, it's. Yeah, that's he's, just, he's they have commoner beating up stats. Scottish. He's beating up Scottish accountants at this point. Yeah, yeah. They have commoner stats. You know, it's just commoner stats. And Batman's like, what the hell are you doing here? And they say they're taking back the stone, like the Goonies taking back a wish. Suddenly, Bats hears a click, and then bullets fill the room. He shoves down the would-be picked purloiners down on the ground, and he batarangs the gunmen and launches his way through the door like a convict at a judge. Yes, I'm keeping that line. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jason. It does it like it was already sketchy. (laughs) <laughs> to, to reference the man who lunged at the judge like a week ago when we recorded this podcast for the second time. And now it's even worse where we've gotten further from the anecdote and there's going to be another week before this comes out. No one knows what we're talking about. Oh, you haven't. I haven't even begun to date myself. All right. There's going to be some Charlie bit my finger somewhere in here. I'm just oh talking some classic memes. I'm going to some. <laughs> I'm going to shoehorn keyboard cat in there somewhere. Like, just you wait. Just you wait. Now, all these goons shooting, they're obviously uh, Raish's guys. And there's a lot of them. And Batman seems to be kind of getting overwhelmed. And the Braveheart guys, because they're brave of heart, decide that Batman needs some help. Now, while they're all distracted with the melee, Raish's other men find the vials of the virus that were hidden in the museum artifacts. That's why these criminals are there. And vials of the virus, vials of the virus, it's just, you know, use it as a vocal warm-up, everybody. After taking down the rest of the goons, Batman realizes that the others got their hands on the two flasks of the virus, chasing them down a charming... The charming cobblestone streets. One of the goons makes his way down an old alley staircase. Batman, ever resourceful and clearly harboring dreams of competing in the X Games, swiftly grabs a sandwich board advertising haggis, and Tony Hawk Pro Skates grinds his way down the stairs. And using Dude, some. He should have kick flipped at the end. Oh, he... if I was drawing this Batman book, he would have kick flipped at the end. I, I would have just had him go full Christ air, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> full Christ air, dude. Just, <laughs> just, just a, a swimming pool bowl at the end of the staircase yeah. for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and, and points above his head. Editor yeah. asking, what are you putting that for? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry ne- about it. Necessary. I'll send you a Dreamcast. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And so using some sick flips, he catches up with the goon and catches the virus in his hand, and he tries to interrogate this goon, but he's a, you know, Rachel Ghoul's guy, so he chomps down on a poison tooth before he can get any info out of him, which, you know, kind of had to expect that. <laughs> Batman, now buddy-buddy with the Pix crew, is in their van chasing after the remaining goons and the remaining virus vial. He gets the lowdown on who these guys are and why they wanted that stone. Now, they ain't criminals, not usually, really. Just regular guys who want that stone back so luck can return to their family. It was sold in desperate times. And then they catch up to the other goons who had escaped on a motorcycle. Batman tells the guy driving to floor it and calmly opens the door of the speeding van and flies into the motorcycle, just jumps straight into them like stage dives, much to the shock of these just regular guy cosplayers. One goon tries to hold Batman down after the tackle, while the other's about to throw this virus into the water supply below. He gets some help from his new friends to get loose, dives for the goon as he drops the vial and bites down on his own poison tooth. Batman catches the vial in midair, diving off the cliff, and stuffs it into his belt and hopes to cushion the impact so as not to break its deadly contents. Of course, he succeeds. I mean, you know, this is Batman. Well... His new friends fish him out of the drink. He tells him that he owes them all. Well, can he help get the stone back, maybe? But Batman doesn't steal. And they're like, hey, 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 we're not thieves. We aren't going to steal it. We wanted to pay to have it back. There's just there's been a blight on our land ever since, you know, one of the main guys' dads sold it. Like, well, Batman is a Batman of his word. 
and he helps those Scottish sons get the stone back into its rightful place, and the sun finally shines down on their land once more. Now, after a post-caper shower, Bruce catches up with Tim on how things went in Paris. Tim gives a trademark smartass remark that Bruce doesn't find funny, but told him things are okay there. Oracle did find one more airline ticket that was headed to Calcutta. Looks like that's where Brucey boy is headed next. Next issue of Shadow, we're getting some Poison Ivy. Oh! Nick, what'd you think of Shadow of the Bat 54? Uh, it was very silly. Hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. Batman surfing the sandwich board was excellent. Batman on the phone wearing a towel made me think of The Simpsons. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> uh, uh, not only that, but Robin being like, oh, yeah, Paris was totally fine. Meanwhile, like a lot of people died and there was a hail of gunfire in the Louvre. And he's like, totally by the book, Batman. Don't worry yeah. about it. And definitely don't Google anything or look into this at all. <laughs> All went according to plan. I'm Tim Drake. I'm 16 years old. I am not traumatized by any of this. I'm totally fine. I'm totally so, fine. So, yeah, poor Tim Drake. He he heard a man be crushed in a printing press. I still am like, I. this is so long ago in the podcast at this point, but I still cannot get over the idea of Tim Drake hanging out at this printing press and then a goon falls in it and is crushed to death, and he has to hear what that sounds like for the rest of his life. Well, That's besides the point, though. Yeah. Another great moment. Batman driving a, a van full of dudes in a that's like they're painters, I guess. It's a painting van. They have all these supplies in there. Yeah, so one it's of like, them's a, like a professor van. or something or an accountant. I don't know. Like, yeah, they're just regular yeah. people. So they're, Batman's sitting there in his full Batman gear with like these three other guys just driving a work van, trying to catch up to this motorcycle and the whole, the image is just very funny to me. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's shot. Like it's drawn like such a Frank expression of the moment that I'm just like, man, this is perfect. This is, this is good comics. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, it's played out very much by now cause it's so popular, but it's just like, you know, that great gag of just like Deadpool in his full Deadpool suit in a cab. Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it works. I, Deadpool's jokey. So yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, I kind of assumed we would have some jokes. But like when it's very serious Batman driving the van and then he's like, take the wheel and floor it. And as he gets out of the moving van, it's like yeah. the guy sitting there is just like, oh, my God, what did I get into with this freaking lunatic over here <laughs> yeah it's like it's like that joke of uh of of people who um grew up in like likely like abusive or at least like crazy like families like tell a joking story and then like the rest of their friends are horrified and like that that's not funny <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah and batman's like yeah i'm just gonna jump out of this speeding van what <laughs> he's <laughs> like i do this i do this six times a day uh, yeah. this is totally normal yeah the or the the Frank Grimes thing. You've been to space? What? You've never been? <laughs> Just very casually, like, you've, you've oh. never jumped out of a speeding You've van? never jumped out of a moving van? Yeah, so oh, you can tackle a guy weird. on a speeding motorcycle? Like, come Who's on. carrying a deadly virus yeah. before he bites his tooth of, of poison? Yeah. That's Just, never... You've never been in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like we brought up when they first um, when it was revealed that, you know, that obviously that Raish was behind this and like Tim was like, oh, man, he's one of the big guys. You know, it's like, OK, we get like a little bit of someone being impressed with how insane this world is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked more of that, to be honest. I think we've said that before. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say, honestly, just like up front, because like, you know, because you did mention that, like, this is the, the second time. Or third time, I guess. Yeah, third, second time we're actually recording it. Third time we're attempting to record it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but I, I even mentioned last time, and it still hasn't changed. Most of this shit just slid right off my brain. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> it's still. all new to you every time we record, yeah. Jason. 
the rest of the podcast is just going to be a fucking groundhog day, just over uh, and over. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to notice it. Not going <laughs> to notice it. Uh, we should jump into Batman 534. Yeah, let's do it. Batman 534 is part five of Batman Legacy. 534 is written by Doug Munch, with art by the legendary Jim Aparo, and the legendary Bill Sienkiewicz on inks. Colors by Lee Larridge, seps by Android Images, Todd Klein on letters, edited by Danny O'Neill with Jordan B. Gorfunkel as associate editor. The cover is drawn by our regular artist, Kelly Jones. The cover is Batman, cloaked in the darkness of his cape, flying overhead, a person in a burqa about to murder a child with a knife. This is, quote, a wound on the heart of heaven, unquote. <laughs> I love the pulpy titles. Give me all the pulpy titles. This particular title just feels like an Evangelion title to me. A oh, wound yeah. on the heart of heaven. Like, yeah. yes, yes, let's go. Yeah. Something he's seeing in a fucking opera. Yeah. Batman, like an American abroad for the first time, explains to us over the course of three pages that Calcutta has a lot of people in it, so it's dirty, poor, and crowded. But it's also inspiring to see people hope against something so ugly and desperate. American billionaire Bruce Wayne, everyone. Glad he can find a silver lining there, man. <laughs> Oracle sends Batman to the Temple of Kali, where he's to meet a mystery contact to help him find the Raish virus. Batman meets up with a street urchin child who isn't his contact, but insists that he is brave enough to be. Eventually, Lady Shiva. Okay, we're talking about Hindu stuff in this in this uh, episode in yeah. this book, and I always want to say Lady Shiva, but maybe it's Lady Shiva. I I, I, I don't. I honestly think it's Shiva because that's the I've, people's name are named Shiva, and Shiva okay. is. Um, in my mind, whenever I hear Shiva, that's, um, I, I think that's a Jewish thing where you sit Shiva. It's like after someone oh, yeah, dies, you're, right. you're supposed you're to stay right. with the body for, and like, you, yeah. you know, my, but, I, my, I, but I, I, I don't know Hindi though. So like, I've just heard people when it's a name, I've just heard it's pronounced Shiva. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to stick to, uh, oh God, I've already forgotten now. I'm paralyzed. Shiva. Shiva? I'm going to stick to Shiva. Yeah, I think I think Shiva is probably. OK, Lady Shiva shows up. We last saw her when she was retraining Bruce to be Batman after his back was broken. It was a sick issue where she's like training him. And then she's also messing with a bunch of like this clan of ninjas to come after Bruce, just to, like fuck with him and in the training. And he's like fighting them in the middle of like a busy highway it freaking ruled that issue was great yeah and that's his normal life not hanging out um, with a bunch of house painters and college professors yeah yeah that's his normal <laughs> life monday to friday my dude <laughs> yeah ninjas just randomly ninjas they make their way uh to the river but not after fighting some goons because this is an action book and we're halfway through it now so they fight batman and lady shiva Shiva? Shiva? I've Shiva. already forgotten. Batman and Lady Shiva are number one and number two of the best fighters in the world. So not great for the goons this no. time around. No. Batman takes a ring off of one of the unconscious goons and gives it to the kid that he met so that he can go get lunch. Shiva says, you can't feed them all. And Batman's like, I can feed this one. Mind your business. Back off, lady. Now. You think you're listening to a Batman podcast, but for the next couple of moments, I'm going to shift gears into I'm a relapsed Catholic from Connecticut who has access to Wikipedia sicko mode. Yes, they find they find the festival of Druga, which is a real Hindu festival. I Wikipedia called Druga Puja, which commemorates the victory of the goddess Druga over the shape-shifting demon. Mahisashura. Got there, kind of, kind of. Yeah, I hope right. I'm. I'm trying to be respectful. I'm just borderline illiterate. <laughs> when the when the statues, when the statues hit the river, it signifies Droga um, returning to the cosmos with Shiva in victory, and uh, over the over this demon, and then gifts and sweets are exchanged. 
And this is often compared to like uh, the analog for Christianity would be Christmas because it's like, oh, you know, they pushed them all, pushed all these statues. The people make all these statues out of like clay and straw, and then they push them into the river, signifying the return of the cosmos and victory. It's the 10th day of the celebration, the last day. And then afterwards, they exchange gifts and sweets and stuff like that. There's a lot of different symbolism through the 10 days of this festival. Just real quick, I, I literally just learned this this year that um, the Christmas song, uh, Partridge in a Pear Tree, you know, I had yeah. no idea that every single like line of that is referencing a bird. Every single one of them is supposed to be a bird. Yeah, like like 12 maids of milking, like like all of that are like nicknames for birds. They're all birds. So essentially you're trying to give your love like 64 birds. <laughs> Jason, if anybody gave me 64 birds, I'd have a lot of birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how you, you're like, ah, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Might be excited, might not. Not sure. Yeah, yeah. Not sure I'm really I in the, I'm, I, I, middle of the road, that thing. I'd have a lot of birds. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to know. I'd have to get the, all, a lot of birds to, to know how I'd feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine yeah, emotions. I, you know, Jason, you receive 64 birds. You never know how you're going to react until you're in the moment. Yeah, that's true. It's just one of those things you, just, you can't know. You just can't know. Yeah, yeah. However, this comic insists that this festival is about, quote, causing the river to swell and flow into the sea before evaporating into the clouds, which move over the Himalayas to snow again, a circle of life and reincarnation, end quote. So... The comic insists that they need to do this so that Droger will reappear to vanquish evil again every year. I don't know which is right, if they're both right, if neither is right, but uh, anyway, my point is this. Th they had a lot to work with as far as like visually, and they just decided to not do that. <laughs> they decided to just have a conversation about how Calcutta is dirty. Anyway. Yeah. Raish put the virus in a statue. The statues go in the water. Everyone dies. That's the plan. So they start to find uh, this, a statue being carried by non-native people. Batman and Shiva chase them. They fight. Uh, one of the guys pulls a gun. And the little boy from earlier, who has been following Batman after he finished his lunch, I guess, uh, charges the gunman to, sha to shave, charges the gunman to save Batman and Shiva. The gunman easily knocks the boy down and then absolutely callously executes him. <laughs> Just like shot him to death. One shot. Batman yeah. flips out, kicks the gunman's butt, dives into the river to get to find the statue. There's statues all over the place. There's there's water all over the place. There's bubbles. He's looking for the thing. It's in a wax container that's going to dissolve. So he's on the clock here. And he finds the wax container with the virus in it, uh, picks it up, gets it out of the water. Everybody's saved. But then, you know, the, the poor boy has been gunned to death in this all ages comic book. <laughs> However, he's still alive somehow. Gut shot, but still alive. Batman cradles his body. And Shiva's like, oh, yeah, he's, he went down a fighter. And Batman's like, no, 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 no. He's a hero. <laughs> As as we end the book, Jason, what did you think of Batman 534? Eh, I kind of liked it. I mean, you know, it wasn't like, you know, like you said, like it could it could have like it, it seems like between like this book and the last book, it's like the first four pages were just so like thick with this like exposition. And then in this book, like you point out, it's just like all about Calcutta when you have this like amazing hindu festival that has all these like awesome stories and cultural right. significance like right there for you you know and we and we never play in that space it's like one yeah. or two lines and then statues in the river and that's it yeah yeah really disappointing yeah yeah like there's so many other different avenues they could have done like of like you know could have done like a better ticking clock where like oh like because it also seemed kind of cheap, too, that like, oh, well, those are some non-native people over there that are carrying the statue. That right. must be the one. It's like, wouldn't it have been cooler to be like he shows up in Calcutta 
and then immediately figures out because it's this festival that, you know, oh shit, that's definitely where Raish is going to put the viruses in one of these statues that's going to dissolve. How do I figure out which one is which? A little more mystery. And then like, if they could weave it into a little bit of the festival, like, um, married women will smear, uh, paint on some of the statues in hopes for fertility for their Mm. husbands. Uh, that's like a traditional thing that happens. And this, this, uh, whole festival happens uh, every year and it's happened so much. So like Christmas has like ingrained itself into our culture, like whether you're religious or not, like yeah. chances are in, in some form or another, you celebrate at least a little bit of Christmas. Yeah. It's yeah. like the same kind of thing where like everybody gets together and throws a statue in the river, which like whether you're Hindu or you're just there is like a fun thing to do with yeah. your community, you know? Yeah, you give gifts, you celebrate, you know, yeah. It would have been great to see Batman kind of like figuring out this festival and then figuring out which statue has the wax uh, virus in it, in like via the, the, the festival, you know, like yeah. as he figures out the festival, we learn about the festival and then it's like, oh, that helps him solve the case rather than just kind of having expedition dumps. Yeah, yeah, like he has to like study a lot about it to find like the one statue that's like a little off and like hope that that's right. like the right one because right. it has something you know yeah. not so they appropriate make, about it. They make the statues out of like found like the clay and straw in the area. So it would have been neat if he was like watching the statues go in and he's like no 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 and then he 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 sees one that looks a little off like the clay is different or something. Yeah. And he's like Oh, that's the one. And he's like a race to get down there, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. Some stuff that they just missed. And I, I don't understand how shooting a child like accomplished anything in this book. It just, it seems so excessive. It like, and then Batman didn't even really save the, like he's holding the child at the end, but I'm like, is he dead? Are we going to follow up on this? Spoiler alert. We don't. We don't yeah. ever find out if that child died. Yeah. No, you just, you just figured he's, he's with Batman. So, so he's safe, you know? Sure. I guess. Sure. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. I also love though how, and now I'm just thinking of this and like, again, like I get it. I know it's just, it's comic books, but it's like, you have fucking Batman, right? And I don't care if like you're an indie and you don't know who this Batman character is, but like you have this, large man in a giant black suit with a cape with these pointy things on his head it's like no one notices him just kind of casually walking through (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know this out of all of the stuff in batman legacy this was probably my least favorite issue uh also because we have jim aparo and bill sinkevich on the art chores and like they don't really get a whole lot of stuff to draw. Like they were on um, one of the previous issues in the previous pod, bat pod. And they drew the hell out of it. It had so much momentum. It was so engaging. Yeah. And then this is just like, all right, let's everyone. We're going to slow down and explain what Calcutta is. And I'm just like, oh, what are we doing? Yeah. They They don't have anything to draw. Yeah, they could have had a lot more, like, you know, really cool Hindu art, which, like, most, like, Hindu right. art is, like, fucking awesome. Like, it's yeah. just some of the craziest, like, coolest shit, like. Yeah. Alas. Yeah. Oh. Should we jump into Detective Comics 701? Yes, we should. Let's dip all our toes in there. Detective Comics 701, a.k.a. Batman Legacy Part 6, written by Chuck Dixon, pencils by Graham Nolan, inks by Scott Hanna. Colors by Gloria Vasquez, seps by Android Images, letters by John Costanza, edits by Scott Peterson with associate edits by Darren Vincenzo. On the cover is Bane having Batman in a chokehold. As Batman paws at Bane's face helplessly, mask, his mask half destroyed. Though not in the credits, you'll find a Sienkiewicz co- uh, signature on the cover. This is Gotham's Scourge. They know Gotham is the final target for ration the virus. Nightwing's staking out the stadium. Robin watches the boat show at the convention center. Huntress at the opera house. Batman watches a casino grand opening. 
Batman spots two guards speaking Farsi, so you know, open and shut case, I guess. <laughs> While Batman fights his way through oh. two guys who might have just been talking to each other. Come on, we but we all know Farsi when we hear it, right? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, the classic phrases that I know in Farsi. <laughs> like... Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, you can't, can't even make a, a half joke. Like. <laughs> Batman fights his way through the casino. <laughs> Robin, Huntress, and Nightwing head to the coast of Gotham to find Raish's boat now that they know where he's going to release the virus. Batman starts leaking gas in the kitchen of the casino in an effort to blow up, I guess, the entire casino. Bane shows up. They fight. Batman holds Bane off long enough for the building to explode. The flaming ruins of the Dockside Casino, Batman and Bane continue to fight. Bane thinks it's his place as equals with Batman and Raish. Batman counters with the fact that Bane is a servant to Raish and not an equal. That he is just an animal in need of a cage. Nothing more. Burn. Bane is beaten and unconscious on a couple of planks of wood. The surf pulls him away from Batman, letting him escape the fight for another day in an upcoming 1997 comic, Bane of the Demon. Jason, what do you think of Detective Comics 701? I actually, I, I, I really, I, I like this one out of all the main books. I, I like this one the best because it was just the most, like it, it was drawn super well in that 90s yep. style that like, I, I still sort of, I still dig. Um, yep. That's like really like solid and like the action was, was really smooth. And I, I loved the, um, I love the tact of like Batman, just like, just being like, nah, Bane, you a bitch. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah. Like nothing. Oh, such a good moment. Like, like, I don't know if you know that, like, it's a really great reaction gif, but there's this gif of, um, of a uh, Kobe Bryant and he's like sitting down on a bench in a game. He's all sweating. It's just a close up, close up of his face. And he just like looks like, you know, kind of disgusted and you can see him mouthing soft and he's shaking his head soft. <laughs> and it's like, that's all, it's all like Batman, just like, just like shaking his head, like not even just like soft, soft. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Batman at this point, like Bane might've been a top tier villain when he gets all the time in the world to plan and he meticulously wears Batman down. And then after Batman's been worn down over the course of like a year then he's like, and now I strike. And and Batman's like, yo, I'm at, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. gonna blow up this kitchen and, and I'm gonna knock the shit out of you. Yeah. And Bane's like, oh shit, Batman got hands. Like, yeah. It's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, ba- yeah, Batman's filling the kitchen with gas. And he's just like, listen, motherfucker, I don't care if I die, you're coming with me. Like it's yeah. how like this is how Batman yeah. operates, okay? Very, very fun issue, especially because they did not take three pages up front to explain what Gotham City was. Yeah, you know, I honestly just thought about this now. It seems like most of the books in this legacy arc up until this one were just like setups, you know? Yeah. They yeah. just seemed like like half the book was a setup or most of them were just setups. And then like this just gets to be all action. Right. You know, like we're we're back to like what the comic should have been. Yeah, I, I said this. You know, we recorded this a couple of times already. I said this before. <laughs> Batman Legacy feels like a video game to me. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, we need to go to this location and retrieve this MacGuffin. And then we got to arbitrarily go to this location to receive to retrieve this second MacGuffin. And I was thinking about this, too. I was like, you know, there's one vial in one statue that goes in the river, right? In in the um, in Calcutta. Yeah. And then. We go to Scotland and there's two vials for some reason. And now we're here and there's we're back to, I guess, no vials. It's just Bane. Like, it just seems like there was like this weird lopsidedness to all of this stuff where it's like, oh, you guys got like three issues of runway and you basically only used one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it seemed like um, they wanted to write an adventure story. You know, with the whole globe trotting, yeah. like and like having friends help out, like that kind of thing. But like, yeah, yeah. But like, it just seemed like I don't know. 
like the whole arc it was just someone was just like oh make it an adventure story and someone and all the other writers were like okay you know it's like they just got like a vague yeah. directive right like you know it, it's like you you said you know it's an adventure comic you're going to these places friends show up and like shiva shows up in the in um the what was it in batman in the regular yeah. batman issue and she doesn't do anything other than fight goons like they don't have a moment there's never a twist where like lady shiva tries to like get the vial for herself or anything it's just like explaining what calcutta is lady shiva shows up they fight goons it's over and and it needs if it's going to be an adventure comic i really wish they read some Batman adventures before they jumped in. Yeah, yeah. Like Lady, Sh- like Lady Shiva should have been there for like a specialized reason. You know, yeah. like at least, like at least the 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 regular guy Scotsman and and Shadow were like had a purpose. Going, yeah, they were going after the same kind of artifact that like had the vials hidden in it. So like, oh, okay, that's why we ran into the Braveheart cosplayers. You know, like sure, sure. Because of this, not just like randomly, like you know, like Captain Scotsman or who, you know, I, I don't know who <laughs> Show, the, shows up just to beat up some goons. Yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> Captain Britain's there, you know, like yeah. Or, oh no, oh no, Captain Britain has showed up in Scotland. Oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. There's, there's probably some deeper history there that's offensive <laughs> yeah, that we don't yeah, know let's about. Not, okay, let's not get into oh, that. Geez. Anyway. <laughs> Batman Legacy rolls on. Robin 33 is Riptide, a.k.a. Batman Legacy Part 7. Now, did you read Robin 33, by the way? No, no. E- okay. Even even in the run up to this, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not re- I'm not reading. <laughs> You're like, I've had weeks and weeks to read Robin 33 and uh, it's a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've, I heard it described. I'm like, yeah, it's that's I'm, I'm, I'm cool over here. So we are just mopping up the book at this point. The virus has been recovered. We still need a cure for Robin, though. So here we are, because Robin's got partial clench. He's got dormant clench. He has he has like the clench version of the shingles virus. Like he's had the chicken pox, <laughs> but the shingles might kill it. Anyway, Clink, cl- uh, clenchels, clingels, the, the clenchels, the clench. Cl- is that anything? There's is nothing. Anything? No, there's nothing here, Jason. <laughs> Night, uh, Nightwing, Huntress, and Robin infiltrate Rachel Ghoul's boat. While Nightwing and Huntress do a bunch of the fighting that seems really fun in the background, we follow Robin instead, who looks for a computer so he can get uh, Oracle to like Wi-Fi in or something and get the data off it. They they end up doing that before Raish can kill Nightwing and Huntress, which seems fucking rad over there. But don't worry about that, because that's in the background before you can do that. The boat explodes and we end with Batman being like on a on the dock after he fought Bane being like, will I win next time? I don't know. L.A.M.O. <laughs> and then. This book wraps up with, uh, you know, the data went to to Oracle. So I guess Robin saved. I don't know. We didn't really follow up with that. I guess we have Detective Comics. Next bat pod is the last part of Legacy. I assume that's what's going to happen there. But Bullock and Montoya. end this issue fishing mobsters out of the river, they've been floating downriver to Gotham from Bloodhaven. A promo for Nightwing's new book. Ooh. Continue to Nightwing number one. Nightwing. Working I, on my Nightwing. Okay. All right. Full disclosure. I bought a lot of Nightwing back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's foundational for you. I, I, I reread the first issue. Still fucking rips. Scott McDaniel is on to some shit. Like, <laughs> especially at this time when, like, a lot of the figure work in comics is, like, very static he he is like there's so much momentum and movement and and just uh amazing drafting skills that are happening in that issue uh, occasionally gets a little convoluted because he's like dialing it up to 11 all the fucking time but then you're just like i don't care this is super fun you know yeah yeah it definitely has like and especially this time in comic books was like when you 
you started seeing more and more like uh with uh Joe uh I always mispronounce the man's last name uh Battle Chasers um Madrera uh, yeah and uh Joe Mad yeah and and uh even uh like uh Humberto Ramos you know like yep. you 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 start to see this is when you started to see like a much heavier uh manga influence in yeah. in like oh, um, yeah. American artists and like you know and and a lot of his uh especially this like the this night, nightwing stuff of like he's like everything going on like that to me is just at least like picking up the vibe of like a lot of manga is that like there's oh absolutely you I, know. I actually just read some chainsaw man and it has a very similar like frantic feel to it yeah 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 totally but 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 also i i don't know if um you know like a lot of these guys back then who like again were like some of like the first ones at least to get sort of popular like using that sort of style there he seemed to have had like a i don't know how much he knew it consciously probably he did of like yeah like fill up every panel like every panel has to yeah. be filled and, and it just gives it this kind of well like you said this like frantic energy like you're not just filling it up just with lines necessarily like there's this deliberate nature to the busyness of it that like doesn't seem overwhelming but you're definitely like uh like a like a sugar high you're like like kind of buzzing yeah you know he he also uh scott mcdaniel and i realize we just talked about robin 33 and now we're just talking about nightwing well yeah but it's fine because the robin 33 book was kind of boring um so the thing about that nightwing book too is that so you have this manga influence that's happening and he's doing like these wild five point perspectives and stuff like that. So you have all these at the time in the 90s, you have this culture of like, we're making a music video. Like, let's attach that fisheye lens and go to town. You know, <laughs> like we're making a skateboarding video, put that wide angle on and let's go to town. And so I feel like Scott McDaniels has that manga influence. He's influenced by like the stuff that's on TV at the time. Yeah. And then he's he's also drawing in bullet trails like the matrix it's like this perfect blend of yeah. like cool shit from the 90s you know that that's a great point i didn't really think about what the like the because you're a certain age at that time and how much music videos just because they're just everywhere like even if you don't they're like, just everywhere even yeah. if you don't dedicatedly like watch mtv anymore if you're in your like early 20s like i'm sure he was like you know, you, you're, it, it's been a part of your life. So you flip it on every once in a while. And like, you suddenly see like, you know, Puff Daddy on a yacht riding through an explosion. Like, yeah. And you you're know. like, Hey, that's pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. Visually, visually pretty cool. Yeah. 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 There really, man. Yeah. There really was a lot of just kind of like, um, just like a lot of everything in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Like that was just, Oh yeah just everything was bright there was constant motion and action like there's like i i know that at the time i felt like the a lot of when people think of the 90s they usually think of like genkos and wallet chains and stuff like that and that was yeah. going on too but like there was also a lot of like cool shit that was happening in the 90s uh visually people people were pushing the saturation level up like i'm thinking of um mcg the director mm -hmm. yeah, who, oh, yeah who he was like hyper saturated hyper stylized those movies do not age well anymore personally i think but like man it was a vibe back then yeah and like scott mcdaniel slots into it with nightwing in a very like clever way that still has like a lot of draftsmanship to it oh yeah. that still holds up i i'm gonna keep reading nightwing that's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm gonna keep you, reading it. And you just reminded me too. You know, I, I also just immediately thought of in terms of like art and like design, and there just being like a lot of you know just of everything, but also it just being really fucking cool, and the compositions were always like, or mostly like spot on. Is uh freaking skateboard art, like whether it was yeah. stickers yeah. or stuff actually on boards, like all the toy machine right. stuff that like. Kids just wore because it, it, it didn't matter if they skated or not. They're like, this looks cool as shit. You yeah. know? Yeah, like, totally. 
Yeah, man. man. Whew, oh, the I love 90s. That. I love that old toy machine logo with the uh, with the two fists, and it's just all the extra fingers to, all to the fit, extra fingers. To yeah, yeah, it's written on the written on the fingers, and it's like toy machine, and the hand just keeps going. Yeah, so yeah. good, so oh, good, man. You want to hop into Batman and Robin Adventures Eleven? Yeah, Batman and Robin Adventures Issue Eleven. Ty Templeton is your writer. Dev Medan is doing your breakdowns. Rick Burkich is finishing those breakdowns. Roberta Tews is coloring this book, Tim Harkins, lettering, Darren Vincenzo, associate editor, Scott Peterson is the big boy editor. This is Windows to the Soul. Alfred, in full nightgown and pointy hat glory, wakes up Master Bruce in the middle of the night. He's hysterical. It's a matter of life and death. Bruce quickly grabs his bat belt and heads down to the kitchen. Yes, he sleeps next to his utility belt, <laughs> asking Alfred, what, what am I walking into here? Something ten feet tall with fangs. It's this huge beast of a thing that tried to mess with Alfred as he was returning a plate to the kitchen, accosted by a monster in his own home. How dreadful, Mr. Pennysworth. Upon closer inspection of the kitchen, however, Bruce finds a knocked-over shelf and a shiny watering can that you know, he can see his face in. Oh, and a Stephen King novel. He deduces that old man Penny's worth must have spooked himself all hopped up on the master of horror's lurid tales. Alfred is indignant and sure he saw something. Bruce is sure he saw something as well, just, you know, they don't agree on what. Alfred contends that he is not a fraidy cat, and Bruce is like, sure, sure. <laughs> but what's that we see in the shadows? As they march back up to the stairs to their rooms, some menacing red glowing eyes. Back in the Batcave later on, Bruce is working on the best Batmobile ever, and I hope some 80s metal or prog rock is playing while he's doing this. While mm -hmm, Dick mm -hmm. is wondering... Carry on, my wayward son. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's going to be an interlude right here in the podcast. It's going to go on for 15 <laughs> minutes. It's very... It's very uh... Dean working on the car and supernatural vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and Dick is wondering what he's doing up at such a late slash early hour as it's just past noontime. Oh, you know, that coward butler of mine got too hopped up on Stephen King's stories and thought he saw some kind of monster. And Wait, wait a minute. Where did Dick's sandwich go? What was that crash? Seems Dick saw something too in the dark. Some floating eyes? Is he reading some King as well? He looks like more of a Clive Barker kind of guy. I think he likes to get real weird with it. <laughs> Bruce gets to use uh, a great, the great dad line, let's shed some light on the subject, as he shines down a work light into the Batcave, and holy shit, it's the Man-Bat. Screaming at being caught, he flies into Dick and attempts to make his way out. Bruce, the madman that he is, jumps on the back of this flying monster and wrestles him to the ground for a second before he gets kicked off and Man-Bat makes his escape. Dick tries to lasso him, but, well, Diana, he ain't. It looks like it's time for some spelunking, which is a good and funny word that should not be overused. And, again, I've made that note mo more for myself than I, anybody else. So, I've, I've told you this before, but there was a person that we used to go to high school with that uh, I would bump into sometimes around town. And uh, for like the year that I was back in Connecticut and it seemed like I would always bump into her and she'd, she'd be like, Oh, what are you up to? You know, like, like catch up. And I don't care for small talk, Jason. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you there. And so I would always try to steer the conversation towards spelunking. And I started looking up, like cave facts to know to like have locked and loaded the next time I bumped into her in town as all part of a bit so that like she would come eventually the goal was to get her to come away from the conversations with me and be like man Nick's really into caves and then like <laughs> tell somebody else I was hoping it would come back to me be like I heard you were really into caves and I'm like yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I know all these cave facts I have all these cave facts. <laughs> that that's very much uh you know the uh 
the Allen Ginsberg poem Howl. You know, I've seen the greatest minds of my generation stark raving mad. And, you know, I, I saw someone make a, a Twitter post. I've seen the greatest minds of my generation destroyed by commitment to the bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's us, us elder millennials. There are more yeah. people who have ruined uh, their lives because they just. You got to commit to the bit, Jason. Yeah. Because they just never gave up on that dream of like that their improv troupe would turn into kids in the hall, you know? Like, <laughs> we all can't be a Stephen Colbert. <laughs> no, no. So Batman gives Robin the skinny on what this monster is, or rather who he is, as he's human, not just a thoughtless monster. But Batman is freaking pissed about all of these monsters. He's like, I've had enough with all of Langstrom's and the other doctors crap like this. This this is just I I really appreciate that. We've recorded this three times now and you still have not bothered to learn what the other man bats name is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's Langstrom's the important one. It's Langstrom and the rest. Yeah. Plus, I can say Langstrom like Wernstrom. Langstrom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's Batman's just annoyed, you know, and he wants to take care of this. So armed with cave diving equipment and a powerful anti-mutagen, Batman's like, let's ride. Well, I mean, you know, you didn't say it like that. It's not that corny. Anyway, making their way through the cave, Robin doesn't know where they are. Batman does, though, because of course he does, and reminds him that this is a rescue mission, okay? This man-bat is still a man. It's in the name. And, oh boy, do they find him. When they do, he comes crashing through the dynamic duo, yelling that he's seen a back-into-human gun before, and they're not gonna get him. Batman's like, holy crap, it talks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he, he talks. He has control over the monster, not like with the original mutagen. He's better than human Langstrom, better at messing up both Batman and Robin, too. Batman gets a shot off upside the head of the man bat. And man bat is like, hey, asshole, I only stole food. I didn't hurt anybody. You think you're better than me? And proceeds to get a few good shots on Batman until Robin sends a batarang through one of his wings. And, oh, that got his attention. So he goes after Robin. The boy and the boy wonder is shaky with his anti-mutagen gun, waiting till he gets close enough to get the shot off. But at the last second, Batman shoves the gun away. It's like, what the heck, dude? I had the shot. But Batman wants cooler heads to prevail. He's convinced of the monster's humanity when he smashed the gun while he was beating him up and not his head. So what should he tell Langstrom's wife? Batman turns very dramatically and said, Langstrom is dead. It's pretty heavy, dude. Robin asks Batman if he's sure it's a good idea to let this monster go. And Batman replies, he's just another frightened soul trying to find his way. You could see it in his eyes. Batman, you freaking softy. The end. Nick, what'd you think of Batman and Robin Adventures? Issue 11. Oh, I, I loved this one. This was a great issue. Also, there's no more stingers. They've they've slowly phased out all the unique letters that are coming into the letters column. They're still doing the letters column, but it's mostly just like, hey, I like the book. And they're yeah. like, thanks, man. Thanks for the great letter. And I'm like, there's nothing here anymore. Yeah. And and the the other thing is that they have now phased out the next issue stinger. So they just showed the cover, which is Batman and Robin fighting Bane. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I guess Bane's in it. I guess. <laughs> oh, here's Bane, guys. Please care about Bane. But this issue was really, really good. Um, Man Bat lifting up Batman, like holding him by his uh, wrist and lifting him like a foot off the ground while he's standing there. Fucking excellent. The size of Man Bat in these panels, he's huge. Through this whole thing. And he should be huge. He should be gigantic. He's a creature. 
you know? Yeah. 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 They do. They do a really good job of like, of show of, of showing his size in comparison and, but not just his size, like sort of like, like his like presence too. Yeah. You know? And the and, way he moves through the panels and everything, he yeah. feels like a creature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's something there too, that like, you know, it's, it's really hard to pin down because you can, you can like, like if you're an artist working on a book and you're like, you have Bane and you have Batman, I'm supposed to draw Bane and Batman fighting. It's like, sure. You're like, Bane is this many heads tall. Batman's this many heads tall. So like Bane is this many more heads tall than, than Batman is. So like already you're like, mm. okay, they're, you know, Bane is bigger. And so like, yeah, you can draw him bigger and make sure he like kind of looks bigger, you know, in a room or whatever. But you don't, there, there's other things that you have to do if you really want to sell this like sort of menacing presence, you know, like oh, absolutely. Of, of, of the size. Like you can't just have him be just like kind of stand next to Batman and be bigger than him. Sure. It's not, it's not dramatic, you know, and, and this, this issue did a much better job of that with, than uh, the, the mainline bat, which was, which was still good, you know, to, yeah. to be clear, yeah. but this just like, it just sells it. it sells him as this like huge strong as fuck monster. Like you said, just like picking yeah. up Batman, like, like it was nothing. The other thing that I really liked is that, Man Bat is doing what Batman does to criminals, like lurking in the shadows, striking oh, when he when he when he wants to. Like Batman's getting Batmaned, and like he is not happy about it. When he starts like putting on the splunking equipment, he's like, "We're we're putting an end to this. <laughs> like this cannot keep happening." <laughs> also, I I really loved all the drawings with Batman who with a headlamp on, like oh. he's like like working on a car in the middle of the night or something. So good. Yeah. And anything over, yeah. Anything over the suit, like whenever Batman puts a suit on yeah. over this, like a yeah. hazmat suit on over the suit, like putting on, yeah. Headlamp over, over the ears. Like he has to get like extra big. Yeah. Uh, right. Ones. Right. <laughs> that, that, those are, those are really good call out though. And I, I honestly never, never noticed that before of uh man bat sort of doing a Batman thing. And like getting the yeah. drop on him the way the way he usually does, oh, right? Shit. Huh. So what, issues what, better than you even thought. Yeah, yeah. So what what was your, I? I already know the answer, but what, what was your favorite books? Oh, book it's the, it's got to be the adventures book. It's got to yeah. be Batman Robin Adventures Eleven. Like it just it flows so well. It's so fun. Man Bat's great in it. I love a good Man Bat story. Uh, the twist at the end of Batman being like this creature is a man and he is like thinking for himself and these are his choices and he hasn't hurt anyone. So like, let's just let him go kind of thing. I thought was really great. Yeah. Cause he's, he's just a, he's just a fucked up little guy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Batman, Batman understands cause he's just a fucked up little guy. And sometimes he, exactly. he, he has, he has a compassion for, for fucked up little guys i yeah. you know i i wonder and and maybe you could maybe you would know this more than i i do because you know as i've stated many times before like i just sort of like fell off with like mainstream books like a long time ago and was just sort of mm -hmm. pick up ones here and there um but like batman to me is always a much more interesting character when it, it really like shows his morality and like shows like his humanity that, that he isn't just this like cold person, right. you know, where when like he, at least when every he once picks, in a while picks and chooses to like, kind of like deal out justice or deal out leniency is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, yeah. Taking a chance on like, Oh, are you sure it's okay to let this guy go? It's like, well, not really, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think this time, yeah, you know, and hopefully it works out, but it's just, a that, that makes him so much more interesting rather than just like being this, like the cold calculating sort of detective that just like, sure, sure. Has, has no emotions and he's all. I also feel like, uh, this issue harkens back to the issue where, uh, Cro killer croc was being pulled into the swamp by swamp thing, basically. Like, yeah like teased into like, Oh, you got to You got to come home to the swamp. You got to come home. To the, you got to get out of the urban environment. Like he was doing this through like, um, 
plants that were coming up the drain and releasing like like uh you know pheromones lsd or or whatever like making making them like trip out about the swamp you know and then croc being like i gotta get to the swamp and then like batman gets there and he's like i gotta bring croc in and swamp things like or you could just leave him like he's fine he's just eating birds in the swamp like yeah and batman's like yeah you're kind of right yeah yeah and also Swamp Thing was like kind of quietly probably like, hey, Batman, I'm also basically a god. So like, you know, <laughs> right, yeah, like I know you got a lot of plot armor, but I'm going to end you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm 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 one with, uh, you know, literally the, the green. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh. Yeah. No, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, defi- it was definitely yeah. Batman and Robin Adventures 11. It's tough. Just, it's tough to beat these adventures books, man, especially. With Kelly Jones off the docket. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, be, and and especially against a, I guess to be a little fair to the mainline books, that like they had to pay attention to uh, a crossover arc. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which it seems like, you know, DC's still putting together, like we touched on, we've touched on a couple of crossovers by now. We've touched on um, the Underworld one. We didn't really get into it, but we felt the effects of it in the mainline books where yep. they juiced up Killer Moth and uh, Mr. Freeze, uh, the the dude in hell did that. Yeah. Uh, and and we've done the, thing. we've done the huge crossover of Nightfall, Night's End, Night's Quest, which is like gigantic in scope, unprecedented in any of the other like crossovers and we've done the the virus the clench what was it called batman biohazard i can't remember yeah that that was a much shorter one though that wasn't like a legacy yeah. seems to you know leg- i feel like legacy is the same same amount of books we've just recorded this episode three times <laughs> it well, feels also, like it feels like it's going forever also it just feels like though too because like you said at the end was it at the end of Robin where uh, Montoya and Bullock like find bodies from Bloodhaven and then it and then it's yeah. like next in Nightwing number 1 it's like is this all to set up a new Nightwing series it's like guys you could have just put out a Nightwing series like oh man it you- drives me nuts this okay okay you're touching on something that I actually have a, have a bone to pick that I've been thinking about for a little while right. and that is when I was a kid and I was reading this stuff when I was a teenager I would read continued in such and such book. Right. And then I'd go hunt that book down and it would be like, it'd be 22 pages and it'd be 21 pages of a regular story. And then like three panels of like, Oh, and this other thing happened in this other book. And I'm like, this wasn't actually continued. Like there wasn't more story here. You just tricked me into picking up another book. And I I feel like that kind of stuff like that, that kind of like, I, I don't even know. I, I hesitate to call it like shady marketing because they're trying to juice numbers. They're about their business. It's about a product, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But it really made me gun shy when it came to like continued in like, yeah, I, all it did was like it tricked me like one or two times. And then beyond that, I was like, eh, I'll flip through it in the store before I buy it. Yeah, I think, you know, I honestly think that like a lot of that was like, at least within comic books, probably like a holdover from when like they used to be a lot cheaper, you know? Yeah. And so it didn't, you didn't feel as bad trying to like, you know, goad kids into like picking up like another like issue of like a smaller, but you know, like, oh, I need, I need challengers of the unknown to sell a bit more, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's like oh, 50 man, solid title. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like 50 cents a pop or whatever, you know, so it's like you don't feel yeah. like even even like back then it's just like, oh, OK, like it's just, yeah you know, but yeah. when they started getting more and more expensive and suddenly it's like I paid three dollars to get so I could get a couple panels at the it, end it, where they mention the story it, I just read. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So pro- probably probably something like that. It's, it's a it's a little sure. You know, it's a little sure, hmm, but uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm Jason, Nick. 
Where can people find you? How do they find you? Why would they find you? Um, um, God, that's a that's a good question. You know what? <laughs> they can they can find me and we can talk about it. Uh, I'm at King of Black Acid on Twitter. Also, we're at uh, World Second Finest on Twitter when I, I should probably post to World Second Finest on Twitter about how we've been <laughs> having cursed episodes and like i don't know what the schedule is about this coming out (laughs) i I just realized i've been i've been such a flake about posting on on the podcast account and then that's when all our troubles started you see oh man i I fucking cursed us (laughs) that was the catalyst i fucking cursed us oh you were the glue holding this the whole operation together jason Who knew what one, one little Twitter account goes down. It's like that meme with the dominoes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at linktree.com slash Nick Phil, uh, where you can find links to my discord links to my YouTube. Uh, we're actually talking, you brought up, uh, the cost of comics, uh, in Mm -hmm. the regular bat books. Ziggy was talking about, uh, and in the, uh, discord about how he, bought a bunch of books at various price points. And he was kind of like, here's kind of what I think about like all these different books at all these different price points. He mentioned that he bought one outlier, which was a Spider-Man book, a comic book, regular, like floppy 19 pages that he paid. Like, I think $5 for, and he was like, this was too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, He's like, they got to give me full 20 for $5 yeah. at least, at least. Oh, so if you want to join in on the conversation over there, uh, you're more than welcome to. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Man. Now I'm, Oof. Oh dude. Now, you know, just, just, just real, real quick before have you ever, you should look up because I think you would really dig it and you can keep this in the show or not. But back in the 90s, early 2000s, there was this magazine that I fucking loved called Raygun. And it was just like, it was like an independent music magazine. But like its design, every issue was insane. It was like, oh, and I gotta it was check it out. Deliberately insane. Like the editor in chief, the guy who ran the magazine, said that, like, yeah, sometimes I, because. Okay, so it was common if you were reading an interview with someone in Raygun, like, oh, Kim Deal, cool, I love I love the Pixies and the Breeders. You'd be reading an interview with her, <clears throat> and then suddenly you'd turn the page, and, like, the interview questions would go from, like, regular font to, like, super tiny, just right in the <laughs> middle of the page. No discernible reason whatsoever. No, or it would be like... Like you're, like you're trailing off and going to another room at a party or something. Yeah, yeah. Or it would be like flipped and then like laid over like a picture that was like way too dark. So oh, no. It was just all this crazy shit. It was, it was amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I gotta it. check it out. Yeah, Raygun was the shit. Raygun was the shit.